Peace and love, my friends. Welcome to yet another episode of In Defense of Liberation, the show that is working towards and educating about true people's liberation movements and revolution. I am your host, uh, and a little announcement for everyone. Uh, I am now using the name Raven. Um, So for folks who don't know, I am trans. I use she, her pronouns. And this is the the first name that I've really landed on that I really fuck with. So um, would appreciate it if folks could add that into their, uh, you know, communications whenever they reach out rather than using my uh, old name. Um, And also, you know, just uh, love and appreciate all the the kindness and support that I have received from this community and from other such communities uh, that I'm organizing with my friends and all that for being able to get to this point. Um, Today I wanted to talk about a couple things. Um, I do want to spend some time talking about the continued genocide in Palestine, but I also wanted to take a moment to use this space um, to speak to something that I I haven't really taken the time to speak to in a a little bit, um, which is kind of myself, my feelings, where I'm at right now. Um, I kind of interject them into commentary about other things, and I'm sure if you listen to the podcast, you know a lot of what I'm talking about is not necessarily like... uh, all just like straight up newsreel reports or history books, dates, names, times, etc. I also add a lot of, you know, my experiences, my thoughts, my understanding uh, into the mix so as to make this, uh, you know, personalized and also personable um, show where people understand that like I, I really hate the, the like, almost celebrity that some of these like uh podcasts and such have uh obviously sought out um and kind of the <clears throat> the culture around like uh content and media production um it's not always very healthy and it's also not very um alive sometimes if that makes sense you know um so I try to make that the uh, kind of wind in my sails to my show, which is maybe not what everybody is interested in, but it's certainly what makes the show fun for me to record. So first of all, this is a smoking episode. So if you're smoking, uh, take a hit with me right now, because yeah, it's hard. It's hard to talk about some of these things these days. And uh, I do feel like smoking is becoming a huge vice has been a huge vice for me, but is certainly one of the things that is uh, keeping me sane at the moment. So with all that said, um, so I've been like... (laughs) not well, right? Like, I feel like most of us are 
like really struggling. And it's not just like a certain group of people. Um, We've gotten to a point in history where suffering has kind of changed its, uh, its form in many different ways, right? Like it's not as if the brutal force of colonialism is the only way in which people suffer. Uh, imperialism as it has developed and colonialism have come up with new ways to psychologically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, uh, drain people, right? Physically. These, uh, these jobs we work, right? And the, the media that we consume and the type of interactions that we have, where we go to spend time, how we spend our time, how we spend our money. These are all affecting us in a way that sometimes I feel most of us aren't taking into account because we're just trying to live our lives, you know, just trying to make it through the day to day. Um, And so I don't really blame anyone. I don't think anyone should blame themselves. But it is uh, upsetting how many of us in that kind of turn to individualism, self-hatred, that's a big one, Um, addictions, you know, just reactionary and bad behaviors for ourselves and for those around us. Um, And how many of us take on this kind of mindset that, you know, basically the world is doomed. So let's live it up. Let's, you know, have as much fun as we can while the world's burning down or on the other side of that, the world is burning down. Let's all take care of ourselves and ignore other people and isolate and stay inside and, you know, away from one another and focus only on our own needs. Um, Both of these trends that I've seen in a lot of my friends, my loved ones, it's, I feel, systematic and symptomatic of fear. Um, fear that there really is no hope, fear that we won't make it individually, Um, fear that we are failing, fear that we are not who we are supposed to be, Um, fear that we're not going to have the things that we want in life. And I think a lot of us take that fear, myself included, And we internalize it in a way that negatively affects us, that negatively affects those around us, and puts us in a position where we are not dignified, free, liberated beings, but that we are subjected to the daily tortures and troubles that we all go through. The stress, oh my goodness, the stress that our hearts and our minds have to endure. I think uh, for a lot of us, we have gotten to a point where we 
we don't know if we can do this for much longer, right? I know many who I grew up with have, uh, you know, myself included, like had suicidal thoughts, suicidal tendencies and been very depressed, very anxious, uh, not really wanting to live in this world, right? And I know that a lot of me and my friends have had addictions, um, a lot of vices that we've used to suppress the way that we feel, right? Even now, like I'm smoking, right? And uh, I know that it's not necessarily helping me. Um, I know that it's not making it easier for me to handle these situations. But yet, you know, as I said, like, it's like, one of those things where I feel if I were to give it up, you know, what's going to save me in that moment when I have another breakdown or when I feel that kind of depression seeking in or that anxiety and that stress, what is going to be the next thing that I try to replace, you know, weed with? Um, And I say all of this because I, I'm at a point where I just cannot, I cannot imagine going on like this. I cannot imagine working these stupid fucking jobs, <laughs> taking these dumb, useless classes, having these worthless conversations with people. I, I feel terrible saying it, but so many of those that I interact with on a day-to-day basis, I just, I get so sad from, and I get so upset from. Listening to the shit, it just, it makes me angry that these people who, given the right opportunities, given the right upbringing, system, environment, could have been done, thought, completely different things, uh, completely different people they could have been. And yet you have mothers and children and disabled people and extremely impoverished folks who have to sacrifice the one thing that we have, our life our ability to physically and mentally do things. We have to give it up, give it away, and just endure. And, you know, I, again, cannot blame anyone who sees that as a viable option because that's shit. That's what we have. That's what we're told. That's what we're taught. Um... But I think many are around the world, including in Palestine, tired. They're tired of uh, having to suffer in this way alone, having to suffer in this way silently, and having to suffer in this way uh, without being able to put an end to it, right? at least fully yet, right? 
And I've been really down. I've been really down. I, I'm trying to find hope in the small things, trying to enjoy my loved ones, but it's just, it's not adding up. It's not adding up. It's, it's not enough for me to have these, you know, small experiences or moments of joy surrounded by the knowledge that that suffering, those struggles that are happening to me and around the world, they don't stop when I'm happy. They don't stop when I have a good moment. They're there when that feeling fades. And they're there the whole time. And sometimes I almost feel stupid for taking a second just to relax or to be okay and to check in with myself because it's like such a such a privilege you know to be able to just sit in my apartment and be like these are some of my thoughts why don't I record them why don't I reflect on how I'm feeling and it's not struggling you know like I'm struggling within myself to understand these things and sure that's good but it's again it's not enough and I worry in this moment as we are watching now confirmed almost 12,000 Palestinians be murdered I worry and I wonder what it is that is going to have to happen to shake each and every one of us into action What kind of terrible, awful thing, if not this, is going to finally put an end to imperialism, to exploitation? And, you know, before I even get into that, I just got to say, I am really frustrated by my friends, my family, my loved ones who ignore me or who patronize me or just plainly don't fucking listen to anything I have to say and think that this shit is just some kind of game, some kind of club, some kind of nice fancy group to be in, some kind of idea that I have, something that I personally believe in, rather than like a necessary step for human survival. That is like struggle, right? I hate so much that I am torn between wanting to just live life, pay my bills, maybe have a couple days of vacation, whatever, and, you know, fighting for liberation, struggling for a new society, organizing uh, myself and people to actually be something different. Um, I feel torn in multiple directions and I feel that I can't actually be a good friend or a good partner or a good child or a good co-worker because you know oftentimes my mind is caught up in completely disconnected things that are happening around the world I shouldn't say completely disconnected seem completely disconnected uh, to people around the world as, you know, 
uh, I try to have a conversation with someone or take a moment to watch TV, um, to relax with my partner, right? I feel like I'm not someone that people want to be around. Um, I feel like I'm someone who, for all my good intentions, has a difficult time encouraging people. And rather, I feel like I I bum people out. And it's what fuels people to call me negative. Now, I care about and believe in the need for a revolutionary and radical shift in us as individuals, in us as uh, communities, nation states, people groups, how we relate to one another, how we exist, how we work with one another, etc. So I don't necessarily feel that I am a, say, negative person. But I do deal with the negative, with the bad, far more often than I deal with the positive. But I often ask myself, how unrealistic is that? You know, I get upset with, say, my grandma, who will call me negative, right? And I say, you know, how is it negative to point out what is wrong with the world? What is wrong with our day-to-day life? What is wrong with the way we treat people? Is that not a positive to recognize and work to root those things out? But I find that my issue is that I don't always present a solution or an organized front, but rather come off as a, a bitch and moaner, right? Like a complainer. And... People don't like that. People got enough shit on their mind. They're already dealing with enough. They don't want to hear my complaints. Um, But at the same time, it makes me really upset because, you know, it makes it as if I have to essentially market or sell to someone the idea that they should care about other people and they should do something to make the world a better place while they're in it. Um, I get very lonely um, and scared because I I think about, you know, what happens if I just fuck up and I don't, you know, I don't do what I got to do. I don't succeed in my endeavors. I don't make the use of my life worthwhile. And it terrifies me because... I think a lot of us are born, live, and die without ever fully being alive, without really ever doing anything, and without really ever meaning anything other than to a few individuals. Um, And I'm not saying that we should all want to be these uh, romantic heroes or what have you, but we should be really working to be something more than just alive, just surviving. We should be trying amidst these terrible times to find a way to struggle against what is causing them rather than just finding a way to exist amongst them. It sounds difficult, but when you look at how much energy goes into 
the budgeting, the, the scheduling, the um, financial literacy, the, you know, all these different things that people have to learn and put time into just to be able to be poor, you know, barely scraping by. And if they were to take that energy, if we were to take that energy, that time, that mental, you know, strength, that physical capability and put it towards something else, we might actually realize that it's possible to build something else. But when we look out, it's it's very difficult to know what exactly to put, you know, put that energy towards. There's all these different organizations, offshoot groups, collectives. There's all kinds of ideological, practical, uh, organizational differences amongst them. Many of them spend a majority of their time debating and arguing against or about one another. And very few of them spend any of their time, you know, really doing the type of relationship building and base building that we all need to be doing, that I need to be doing, that you need to be doing. Um, and I guess I think that at this moment we need to find what inner strength, what motivation we can to really get a hold of ourselves, really organize ourselves and really do something to make an impact because we are watching as the worst, you know, realities of life continue to develop and evolve in many cases without a legitimate uh, international struggle to see an end to these things that are happening around the world, to the genocide of the Palestinians, the genocide of the uh, Congolese, the exploitation and the oppression of the Filipino people, the uh, exploitation and the oppression of the Hawaiians, the Borinquens, like all of these, or Boricuas, excuse me, all the different uh, people groups around the world who are still, in a way, enslaved. You know, the amount of us who will work for the rest of our lives um, as indentured or indebted servants to these corporations that destroy ourselves, destroy people around the world, destroy the land, destroy the earth. But this enemy is not unbreakable. They're not unbeatable. Um, we're seeing that in Palestine. We're seeing that this so-called invincible army is really... Yeah, okay. You, you just do a numbers game. More Palestinians have died, yes. And over the course of history, this is true. Over the course of the almost 150 years of settlement and colonialism in Palestine, um, starting with the, speaking here of the Zionist project, of course, there were different forms of oppression for longer periods of time. But from the 1860s and 70s, when many of the Russian and Eastern European Jewish population was being uh, brought into Palestine to slowly but surely colonize the land, uh, buying up plots of land from absentee landlords, when Rothschild and friends were setting up the uh, um, 
the Zionist colonial financial project or whatever the fuck it's called. I don't know. Um, to buy up the land, to give the money to people to buy up the land. Um, it was clear that they couldn't win. That that more, even as more Palestinians were being killed, they couldn't succeed. What, what the Palestinian people have that the Europeans being brought in to colonize Palestine don't have is an actual historical connection to the land and a reason to fight. Uh, you know, if you look at the way in which Israel is having to wage its war, it's through bombardment mainly, right? Now, I feel that this is for, of course, the purpose of decimating the landscape and killing as many people before uh, the ground invasion started and before more ground operations began. Similarly to the way that uh, the Europeans brought in plagues to the indigenous lands of Turtle Island and killed off a majority of the population before even actually engaging in warfare uh, in the main, uh, to that level at least. Um, the early stages of colonialism in Africa, similarly, uh, plagues, different forms of slavery, different tactics of massacring and genociding people were done to get rid of the more uh, resistant, the more militant, uh, the more organized populations so that those that were remaining could be used for indebted and enslaved labor. What is happening in Palestine is clearly showing us that the Palestinians will not be enslaved. The Palestinians are fighting as a people. When we talk about Hamas, we have to understand first and foremost that Hamas is a movement. It is in the social and political organizations. It is in the mosques. It is in the schools. It is uh, similarly to any other ideal, any other uh, organization that gains widespread support. Uh, it's not as if Hamas coerces these people. Uh, the organizations, in, you know, along with Hamas, the PFLP and other liberation and resistance groups throughout uh, Iraq, Yemen, uh, Lebanon, many of them are orphans. Many of them saw their parents killed, saw their land stolen, saw what Israel has done to the Arab peoples, to the Palestinian peoples. And so it's not as if Hamas had to go into, a, say, a school or go into a mosque and uh, propagandize and try to uh, confuse and connive people into giving up their lives to fight for uh, liberation. It is intrinsic to what it is to be Palestinian to fight for one's liberation. They live as an occupied and colonized people. And so the Palestinian people, whatever organizations they do or don't belong to, whatever religious affiliations or beliefs they do or do not have, they are as a whole 
struggling against occupation and genocide. This is not the case for the so-called Israelis. And this is because many of them, again, do not have historical connections to the land. Much of the leadership in Israel for as long as it has been internationally recognized by the United Nations as a state, and even before then, was led by primarily European or Russian people who may or may not have been Jewish by practice or by ethnicity. Many of the leadership does not have familial ties to Palestine. There was an interview where someone, uh, there was a young Palestinian boy who had asked, you know, a young Israeli student, uh, what is it that, they were both students actually. They were, I can't remember what the interview was, but it was some kind of debate show, you know what I mean? And basically they put these kids together and made them talk about the issues as if uh, it was just no big deal. But anyways, the Palestinian kid asks, you know, do you know where your grandfather is buried? And the kid says, yes, in Poland. But he says, my, you know, ancestors come from the land. And he said, and the Palestinian kid said, well... I can tell you for certain that 11 generations before me, where exactly they are buried in Palestine. And he's like, before then, he's like, I can tell you that there are no graves of my family anywhere else except for in Palestine. Making the point that this is Palestinian land that this is not European, that this is not Jewish land, but that this is the land of the Palestinians, whether they be Jewish, Christian, Muslim, or non-practicing. This is never understood by the majority of the people engaging in the mainstream arguments happening on CNN, ABC, Fox News, etc., because the actual historical origin of this land cannot be recognized, cannot be openly discussed. The notion that the Palestinian people are a Semitic people, whereas the Europeans coming from Poland and Germany and uh, Lithuania and Romania and all these different nations, they are not Semitic. They are European. And those who are Semitic peoples, right, who do have some... Uh, historical origin in these regions during periods of tolerance between the different religious groups, right? Those who recognize that this has always been a land where Jewish people, Christians, and Muslims can live together in peace, where Jewish people had their own culture, their own holidays, their own uh, sites of worship, their own practices, their own way of life, right? Whereas in Europe, this was not ever the case. 
and also, as I mentioned, Semitic people, historically, were not all Jewish. So this, you know, loop that is tied between Zionism, Judaism, and Semitic people, or anti-Semitism as a as an attack by those who support Israel, is a false connection. Because Zionism is a political and colonial project which took from the British uh, mandate the control of Palestine through waves of settlers who seized land from absentee landlords who kicked the population off of their farms, off of their land, out of their homes, who refused to employ the Palestinian people, who refused to grant citizenship or any rights to the Palestinian people, who police uh, barricade and brutalize the Palestinian people of all ages, of all walks of life, of all religions. That is the reality to the Zionist project known as Israel. Judaism is a tool that Zionism uses in the same way that the fascists in the United States use Christianity to placate to their base, who they are trying to use as cannon fodder. The Jewish population should not and cannot stand with the Zionist project, cannot allow its name and its people to be used as cannon fodder for the Zionist project. Because we know historically that the Jewish people have suffered, have struggled in the same way that the Palestinians are today, and that the Jewish people as a whole have no qualms with the Muslims and Christians of Palestine. Their qualm, if any, is with those who oppress them, And it is not the Palestinians who oppress the Jews. It is not the Palestinians who oppress Jewish people. It is the Zionists who oppress the Palestinians. And it is the Europeans who have created all forms of oppression against Jewish people throughout history. If and when Jewish people suffered persecution anywhere else in the world, we can see that the level to which of persecution and death that they suffered in Europe is levels higher. And it is happening today. It is happening right now. And instead of, in this moment, us seeing a worldwide liberation struggle, we are seeing people argue. We are seeing people fight within their own organizations, within their own schools, within their own workplaces, to convince people of the reality that is in front of them. Because misinformation and indoctrination have gone so far so as to create a lack of understanding in a sizable portion of the population to anything happening around them. And, in many cases, a lack of interest in even knowing about it. That, to me is what has really broken my spirit in these last few weeks and torn me down and has been really making it hard to build myself back up because I cannot understand for the life of me how the world is still going forward, how life is just still happening. 
I cannot for the life of me understand how my biggest concern today was that I lost my car keys. I, I can't fathom the fact that I would be so upset and freak out as I did uh, over something so small. When the world, the Palestinian people, the Congolese people, the Sudanese people, the Hawaiians, the Boricwas, uh, the Korean peoples, uh, the Indonesians, the indigenous peoples of the Americas. People all over the world are suffering and dying, literally fighting for their fucking lives. And here in America, what are we doing? What are we doing? I wonder to what extent we really understand the level of severity and seriousness that is necessary right now. And I wonder how much we understand that we cannot march our way into a new world. That we cannot speak our way on a podcast here like this into a new world. How much I and others recognize this truly. Because we might say this, but look at the actions that many of us take. Look at the actions I take. It shows clearly a level of hypocrisy that has a willingness and a hope in the ruling class structure as it exists to somehow, some way, bring us out from this hell. And it's never going to happen. And people like myself and others really need to concretely understand that through action. Uh, because the more that we just think about it, the more that we're going to come up with loopholes or ideas about, oh, well, maybe this might happen. But if we tried, if we understood through struggle that the reality in front of us is what it is, then I feel like most of us would not be making you know, a lot of the mistakes that we are. I feel like many of us would not be actually willing to uphold the reactionary and backwards ideals we do because we would have to actually deal with the reality at hand not in a book not on tv but in front of our face and sure some of us would still deny it but uh i feel that there is a real need to try uh to get out in the streets do your demonstrations do your marches do your speaking do the podcast do the webinar do the blog do everything you can but remember that this quantitative development of different kinds of struggles also needs to shift qualitatively to meet the necessity of the situation. And if the situation requires something that we are unwilling to take up, then we ourselves are admitting defeat before even trying. Um, I know for myself, I do not have much of a hope in living a very happy or successful life. I don't have much of a hope in getting a career. I don't have much of a hope in making money. And, you know, I, I really want to just beat that self that into myself because I also don't want to hope for those things. Um, I want to see a better world or I want to die trying. Um, I don't want to keep making content about people's suffering. I don't want to keep producing materials about the absolute atrocious and devastating inhumane actions happening around the world. I want to see an end to exploitation and oppression. I want human beings to be able to live their lives freely, happily, healthily, and in the way that they require for their own survival. I want to see people provided with the resources, the institutions, the schools, the information, the medicine, the knowledge, the 
buildings, the homes, the food, etc. that they require. And I want to see people in control of these things themselves. I don't want to see representatives. I don't want to see uh, corporations. I don't want to see banks controlling these things. Uh, I want to see the development of a real collective and cohesive self-governance by the people for self-determination. And I want to see it in my lifetime. And I don't want to see the second rise uh, and of fascism and destruction of this, this new world that we are trying to build. So, my friends, let us take seriously what is in front of us. Let us ask ourselves, are we willing and able to make the sacrifices needed? And let us also ask ourselves, what are we missing? What are we lacking? What do we require to be able to successfully assist in any and all struggles for the liberation of oppressed people? People are suffering and dying anywhere, everywhere. If you yourself have some way to help someone, we need to be doing those things as small as they might be to build up the habit and exposure and practice to not only ourselves, but other people so that we get to a point where it is no longer uncomfortable or mind-blowing to think that maybe we need to help one another and that maybe people, if given the opportunity, would take that opportunity to help one another. We need to rid ourselves of pessimism, of apathy, of all of these emotions that do not serve us, or at the very least, learn to deal with them in a way which leads to progress, which leads to self-understanding, which leads towards action, not uh, isolation and addiction, and suicide. We have to be there for one another. We have to take care of one another. We have to talk to one another. And we have to reach out to one another when we need something. We have to put aside this idea that we are all out for ourselves because nobody else is out for us. We have to take this idea out of our head that we cannot uh, expect anybody to help us because we live off of the labor of other people. People are helping us every day, being forced into help us every day through their labor, through their production. And so we must recognize that we can't do anything alone. We can't survive alone. We can't make it alone. I just finished the war before. If you don't know, this is a collection of Essays, speeches, um, notes, and discussions that were given by Safia Bukhari. Safia Bukhari was a Black Panther uh, towards the uh, late turn of the uh, kind of Panther Party into the age of COINTELPRO. Um, she was in Jersey and in Harlem, I believe, um, And she was one of the main above-ground folks struggling for the freedom of political prisoners and struggling to assist and support those who had to go underground um, throughout the kind of period after the Panther Party. During the 80s and 90s, she built, you know, international ties to support political prisoners 
She helped to build, along with uh, Jaleel Muntakim and others, the uh, National Jericho Movement. Um, she went on national television and spoke about her experience and the importance of the history of the Black Panther Party. She was in prison. She escaped. She helped others escape. Uh, she fought and ended up, uh, you know, passing away an untimely young death at 54 from, I believe, a heart condition that was worsened by the fact that while she was in prison, she received no treatment. And the fact that her entire life had to be a fight. I mean, one's heart can only take so much. One's body can only take so much, right? And the fact that African, indigenous, uh, Boricua, Hawaiian, Vietnamese, Chinese, Cuban, Nicaraguan, Venezuelan people have had to give up their own lives and give up their own ability to live one's life, you know, just freely doing whatever one pleases, has had to give up the ability to even have what maybe few opportunities at a life that they could have had to struggle and fight for the freedom of their people. That cannot be allowed to happen in vain. That cannot be allowed to just be forgotten. And so I bring this up because right now, one thing that we all can be doing is we can be writing to and organizing to help free political prisoners and prisoners across the United States. We can be advocating through our actions, whatever they might be, not just through words, for the liberation of the Palestinian people, for the end to imperialism. We could be organizing unions. We can be helping our co-workers with personal issues. We can be building uh, formations and collectives in our local areas. And we could be educating ourselves and educating one another about what is happening, what has happened, and what needs to be done. The war before was a wonderful awakening for me and a revitalization. But sadly, in these moments, I remember that words and books and ideas and histories are not enough. We need action. So, my friends, do what you can, do what must be done, and fight because there's nothing worth fighting for like living. And there's nothing worse than, you know, being alive, but never really living, never really being allowed to live. That is the world we live in today. And that, my friends, needs to stop. All power to the people.